meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 38, Controlling Your Time. Now this is great for all you control freaks out there like me. This is going to be a great way where you're going to get all the things in your ULA life. What are the things in your ULA life? I talked about it last week. If you haven't listened to last week's, I encourage you to listen to that one first because if you're not controlling your thoughts about time, this is all for nothing. I could literally give you the best planner and I could give it to you for free. And I can't fix time problems with a planner, just like you can't fix an overweight problem with a treadmill. Unless your thoughts are changing, the treadmill does nothing. Unless you're changing your thoughts about time, the planner does nothing or any system that I teach you does nothing. The seven F's of ULA are the fitness, finance, family, faith, friends, fun, and field, which means your career. And so what you're going to do, I've kind of taken three ideas or three systems, and I've had them all have one baby. I've taken the ideas from Jordan Page, who talks about block planning, and I've taken Brooke Castillo's program of throwing away your to-do list and merged them together with recurring events to create what I'm talking about now. It's kind of like they've had a baby. So Jordan Page talks about block planning, just like you talk about when you're in school. When you're in math class, you're thinking about math class. And so I want you to think of your life as in blocks of time. And when you think of your life as blocks of time, then within those blocks, you can plan how you want to live your life by design. And you will find when you're in whatever block you're in, you will be much more efficient. You won't be worried about the dust on your baseboards. You won't be surfing Facebook. You won't be checking your email because you will know using the Pomodoro technique that you're going against the clock. So I encourage using timers because you can use it on your microwave. I use my Apple Watch. I also have a timer that I used to use in the classroom. It's a very large timer, which I'll link to it. And I have one for the desktop too. And it shows the amount of red and then counts down the red. They use it for children with ADD. And I know I have ADD as an adult. So it really helps me to stay focused and not follow the, all the different squirrels. So the timer shows the amount of red and how much time is left. And I use it in my classroom, even for the children who run ADD, because it just helped let them know if they didn't know how to tell time, they could tell by the amount of red that they could kind of pace themselves. So I want to start with talking about recurring events. Recurring events is something that I started when I started my own business in 2013, and I had very little time. And I was very overwhelmed with all the things that I had to do. So I just started thinking about what can I do on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday while the kids are in school for two or three hours. I would be doing the same things on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and it was the same thing every week. 
So you look at all the things that you want to do with your ULA life. And my friend Arliss Periello uses the analogy of the chair. You want to think of your life as a chair. And there is such a thing as work-life balance. There is such a thing as family balance. And you want to think of your life as a chair. And the four legs of the chair are how you want to have balance in your life. But if I'm spending all of my time working, then that takes away from the leg of my family. So your chair will always feel out of balance. If I'm spending all my time with my family and not spending any time on myself and I'm losing myself and the kids, then I'm not spending any time with myself. So this is a way that you can think of your life as like a chair and you want to have the balance of all the things and not feel like you're just dabbling in all the things and your chair is out of whack all the time. So at the beginning of the week, they call it Monday hour one. And Monday hour one, or you can do this on Sunday, you want to sit down and you want to do a thought download of everything that you have to do. And I mean everything. If you need hand sanitizer in the car, in the back seats, you're going to put that on the to-do list. When I say everything, I mean everything. Everything with your house, everything with your kids, everything with your spouse, if you're married, everything with yourself for self-care, like working out. And I want you to think about rest time and downtime. This is very hard for many people. I want you to factor in meditation, workouts. I like to sit in my sauna. I put that on there. Anything you want to do with your spouse that's fun, like play tennis, or if you have a dog and you want to walk the dog, if you have drive time, I want you to get all the things out. If you have to sign that permission slip, if you have to call the groomer, if you have to get an oil change, if you have to clean out your closet, I put on my to-do list last week, find a voice coach. Because sometimes on podcasting, I feel like I'm talking too much for my throat or too deep. I hear the podcast back. I'm like, who is that man talking? So you want to put all the things. Why is that? Because like right now, my kids' rooms are being painted. And so they're painting the closets. They're amazing. If you need a painter, OMG, I cannot believe how much they're getting done. They're crazy efficient. Not even taping it up or anything. They're such naturals. But before they came, we had to get the rooms ready. And so we had to empty everything out of their closets. And it's now sitting in our room and you wouldn't believe what it looks like. But during this process, Grady was finding things that he didn't even know where they were. Or, and then we were finding things for Lily that she had shoes that she needs to donate that were taking up space in her closet. The shoes didn't even fit her. She didn't even know she still had them in her closet. And so I loved emptying out the closets and seeing it all in front of us. So now when we put back things in their closet when the paint dries, the things that we put back in there are going to be done with intention. They're going to be in there and they're going to use them. They're not going to forget about some clothes. They're not going to forget about some shoes. There's nothing taking up any space because when you empty out your brain, kind of like we emptied out their closet, you get to see everything because when you're spinning and ruminating and thinking about calling the groomer, what it does is it takes up a lot of mental energy to call the groomer. Even though it's something small, it's on the list and your brain starts circulating and ruminating. And that spinning of your brain takes a lot of glucose. Glucose is what your brain uses when it makes a decision. So if you're not making a decision about the calling the groomer, but it's just kind of floating around in your brain, that takes mental energy. That's going to make the rainbow wheel of your brain spin and spin. And all of a sudden you'll feel like, oh my gosh, there's so much going on. I'm so overwhelmed. And you will shut down. Your brain will shut down. It will, the app will crash. You ever had that happen? You're working on an app and you have all these different apps open. All of a sudden it crashes. That's what the brain does. 
Your brain is just like a phone that needs to be plugged back in and charged. So that's why I want you to plan for downtime. This is going to be very hard for you overachievers and A plus and perfectionists. I only know that because it's very hard to, for me, but I want you to be able to have your downtime and enjoy your downtime. What I was doing before all this is I was having my downtime, knowing all the things I had to do. So I was having so much guilt during my downtime. Then I would get up from my downtime and I would have no time to do all the things I wanted to do that aren't the most glamorous things to do, like the laundry, like the dishes, like working out, like meditating, all of those things my brain doesn't really want to do. It would rather sit on the couch or it'd rather scroll Facebook or it'd rather go to lunch with a friend because that's more fun and more glamorous. But I do like the feeling of that delayed. I do like the feeling of having an organized house. So doing the laundry and having the dishes done gives me that joy of having the organized house. So you're going to do a to-do list download first. This is so important to get all the things out. You're going to look at that list and your brain is going to want to feel overwhelmed. And that's when you talk to your brain like it's a little toddler. It's okay, brain. We're going to make time for all of this. This is going to help us, brain. This is how I talk to my brain. Because I look at all the things, I'm like, O-M-G. And then I talk to my brain like it's a little kid. Like, it's okay. This is going to help us stop looping so much. It's okay. I talk like a little kindergarten uh, teacher voice. Because the brain thinks it's going to forget to call the groomer. So it loops and loops and loops and has those that perseverating and that looping feeling about calling the groomer. It's one little task that's going to take about three and a half minutes but it's taking up so much space in the brain. Just like those shoes were filling up Lily's closet. She didn't even know they were in there to donate. So you're going to use the prefrontal cortex right now. And you're going to tell your brain over and over, there's plenty of time. We're going to get all of this done. This is what Brooke Castillo does. This is what I do. This is what Jordan Page does. This is what all the people do that have a lot more going on than I do. So if they can do it, I can do it. And when I knew that they could do it, then that gave me the hope that I could do it. So now you're going to plan your time. When I first started this, I had to do 15 minute blocks because I knew that I didn't have the discipline to do the thing at the certain time. Now I'm planning more in 30 to 60 to two hour blocks. So when you're planning your time, remember that it's not about time management. It's about me management. I heard that quote from Darren Hardy and it rocked me to my core because when we manage our mind, then we're able to manage our time. And I love the quote that I posted on Facebook by Zach Galifianconato. I don't think I'm saying his name right, but you can see it on my Facebook. Destroy the idea that you have to be constantly working or grinding in order to be successful. Embrace the concept that rest, recovery, and reflection are essential parts of the progress towards a successful and happy life. If that's not true, I don't know what is. And so when you write down all the things that you have to do, I want you to look at that entire list and say, I don't have to do any of it. And when you see it as all optional and you get to do it and you're choosing to do it, then your brain is going to be more on board. I want you to look at the list of all the things you have to do and just know that you don't have to do any of it. You choose what you want to do because you're an adult. And this is part of emotional adulthood. And when you change the word to, I have to drive my kids to soccer, into, I get to drive my kids to soccer, 
that is when your life starts to change because you see everything as in your control versus out of control. The first thing I want you to schedule in is your rest time, your downtime, your family time, your play with the kids time, your play basketball with your son time, your going for walks with your daughter time, all the things that bring you joy. Your brain does not like to go, 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 just like your phone can't keep going and going and going. We went to the fair on Sunday and David has an, I don't know, an iPhone, I don't know, 10, I don't even know. He just got a new phone. The memory on this phone and the battery life of this phone was out of control. We were done at the end of the day and he still had like 92% battery and he took videos. He texted me if he was at a certain place and I was meeting up with him because Lily was on a different ride. He took videos, he took pictures. We both pretty much were on our phone the same amount of time taking pictures, videos, and the same amount of texting. His phone, 93% by the end of the day, never charged it. My phone was like at 22% because I have like an iPhone, I don't know, five or six. So our brains are like the iPhone four. It doesn't like to go, go, go. It likes to slow down. It likes to recharge. It doesn't like to be at 23%. That's how burnout and fatigue happens. But when you build in meditation and you build in downtime and you build in blocks of rest within your day, then it's like me putting my iPhone 4 on the charger while I'm at the fair in my backpack. Life does not always have to be crazy busy. But when you break your life down into blocks, you will get so much more done because you're using the Pomodoro technique, which means you're going against the clock. So now after you plan your downtime, if you like to watch Netflix, your TV time, if you like to watch Bravo, if you like to watch Netflix with your spouse, if whatever it is, write it all down, put that all down first. Then I like to put in my kids sports because that's a non-negotiable. Of course, they need to ride there. So you have to factor in drive time, cooking time if you're making dinner. And every day can be different. That's okay because they might have different schedules. They might not have sports every night or they might be double booked on some nights. So you're going to block it into times. So you can kind of see where you have some windows. And if you have something big going on, like you want to write a book, you're not going to write write a book on the list, but you're going to break it down. And yeah, maybe you can't write the whole book in one session, but maybe you could write the summary in a session. So you're going to put that all down. You're going to put that in your calendar. Put a specific time that you're going to do that task. Like I have a client who wants to work on her scrapbooks for her children. She can't do the scrapbooking at one sitting, but she can block out 30 to 45 minutes every week to work on the scrapbooks. So when the brain starts to toggle and starts to ruminate and starts to loop on scrapbooks, then you're able to answer that loop. It's not on your to-do list anymore. It's now scheduled in the calendar. You're only looking at this week only. And you have focus time where you're going to be doing different things. Like I have a focus block of just housework, which is literally like pulling teeth. I watch David do housework and it's so natural. And it almost like gives him like happiness and joy. It's the most bizarre thing ever. He doesn't really think about it. It's so effortless for him and it actually reduces his stress. He's one of those crazy people who likes to clean or he doesn't see any big deal about it. So he doesn't overthink it. He just does it. My brain, on the other hand, does not work that way. So I have to plan it. And then when I get to that block, my brain has a tizzy. My brain has a hissy fit. My brain starts to tantrum. 
my brain when it gets to, let's say, 8.15, then I have to mop the floors. I set a timer for 15 minutes and my brain starts to spaz. It starts to say no. It starts to fall on the ground and tantrum and not want to do the thing. But because I've planned this with my prefrontal cortex, I think about the delayed gratification of having an organized home. I five, four, three, two, one, and do it. And I set the timer because I don't tell my brain you're going to mop the whole house. I tell the, my brain you're going to mop for 15 minutes or you're going to mop for five minutes. This whole Pomodoro technique is when you set the timer and you work against the clock is very good brain hack for figuring out how to get things done. Because I personally do not like emptying the dishwasher. I think it's childhood trauma from I'm always having to empty the dishwasher and we had three kids and one would get top, one would get bottom, one would get silverware. I always got the silverware. And when it comes time for me to do the silverware, I still start to get the shakes. When it comes time to do the dishwasher, my brain doesn't want to do it. But one day I was making Lily's shake with the blender and the blender goes for a minute or two. And I thought, hmm. And I also don't like the noise of all the clinkety clankety with my with my uh, misophonia. I don't like all the clinkety clankety of the silverware and the dishes. I know it's crazy. So the blender was going, it was pretty loud. And I said, I wonder if I could finish emptying this dishwasher in this one to two minutes. So I kind of made it into a game with myself. I sometimes think that I'm a toddler because I used to do this with my students. I'd say, okay, who's going to clean up the most amount of, who's going to pick up the most amount of scraps by the time the timer goes off? But I'm the same way. Our brains work the same way. It likes to have that game. What happened was I finished. I couldn't believe it. I didn't have to hear any of the clinkety clankety. I finished with under two minutes and I was like, whoa, that's amazing. So I want you to put everything into a time slot. And when you see all the things, your brain's going to get very overwhelmed. But because you know that it has a time slot that it's happening and a time block, you're going to do it when that time comes. And then when the time comes, guess what? Your brain's not going to want to do it. So this is a very, because people tell me all the time, well, I don't want to be that scheduled. I want to be more spontaneous. And when you plan your time, it creates freedom because when you relax, guess what? You actually relax. You can shut off all the things. You can shut down the computer. You can shut down your phone and you can plug yourself in to rest and relaxation. And then when you go and do the thing you don't want to do, one way that I can talk my brain into doing the thing is I tell it like it's a little kid, don't worry, you're going to have rest. You have downtime coming. Don't worry, you have your Bravo show coming. You get to watch Inside Edition. So controlling your time actually allows you to control your time instead of time controlling you. And then you get in this other kind of loop where it's abundant mindset and there's so much of it. You're going to keep these appointments that you have in your calendar just like you would with a doctor. And if there's a penalty for not showing up for that doctor's appointment, like a $50 penalty, you're going to show up and you're probably going to be early. So you create this relationship with not only time, but a relationship with yourself that you do the thing you're going to want to do. I plan all my workouts in a certain time. And then when it's time to work out, guess what my brain does? You don't need to do this. It's okay. You can skip one day. It's no big deal. And then I always think about the after. I think about all the serotonin, all the endorphins, all the goody-goody feelings, and all the confidence and all the pride that I'm going to feel after. And then I press play or I go for that run. So I want you to expect that your brain is going to have some opinions. And you just say, I hear you, brain. I hear you, primitive part of the brain. But my prefrontal cortex, the other part of the brain, already planned this. So we're going to keep this plan. And in your schedule, I want you to plan scrolling Facebook. That could be downtime. 
but you don't get to scroll Facebook unless you finished your chores. It's almost like you get to go out to play recess if you finish your assignments in class and you set up this this chore reward program within yourself. The chore might be something that's hard for you to do. Like my brain always tries to stop me when I go to do a vulnerable post or I go to do the workout or I go to do the cleaning or I go to do this podcast. Whenever it involves putting myself out there, my brain says, no, that's okay. You can just skip this week. No big deal. You got a few others in the hopper. So I want you to expect resistance. But this is the best gift ever because you know that your brain's going to ask you to quit. It's going to tell you to stop. It's going to tell you to change your mind. When you override that statement and you still do it anyway, the lower primitive part of your brain gets less power. It It gets less weight in your brain. And it's like going to a destination and riding your bike. And yes, you can ride your bike. But if you hop in the car, you're going to get there a lot faster. And you have nothing floating in your brain. Because when something floats around in your brain, then you say, you kind of check it off in your brain like, oh, I got that. And so recurring events is something that I have every day of the week. I have different things that I do every day of the week. And so when I get to that block of time, and it will just say RE in my calendar, I might block out an hour for RE, recurring events. I go and do the thing that I said I was going to do, and then I check it off. That, my friend, is the most fun, is checking it off. Because when you check it off, you get a shot of dopamine. That shot of dopamine gives that pleasure centers of your brain, it starts to light up. It says, oh, the system works. So like every Wednesday, I write a letter to someone at our church. I don't need to do that every day, but I have it on my recurring list of things to do. So every Wednesday when I get to RE, I know that I need to write a letter to someone at our church who loves that. And then on Fridays, let's say another recurring event, is I email the kids an email about something that happened that week. And then when they get to 18, I'm going to give them that password to their email. So every week, every Friday, I have it as a recurring event. And it's in a chart and I can show you my chart, but my chart's not going to make any sense to you. Number one, it's written in code. Number two, I have different jobs than you. I have different kids. I have different needs. I have different tasks. I have different things that are downtime for me. I can show you the recurring events, but until you create it yourself, you won't understand it. I write in the 10-year journal. That's five days a week. I don't do it on the weekends. My 10-year journal is a journal I write in every single day. Every Wednesday, I spend about 15 minutes in my closet just making sure that I'm not getting it. It's not getting too out of control. Or I might have on a, on a Wednesday, I have as a recurring event, delete 500 emails or delete 500 pictures or delete 100 pictures. So my I'm doing a little bit every week, but I'm not doing a whole day of cleaning out my closet. I'm not doing a whole day of purging all the pictures on my phone that I'm not using anymore. So in the show notes, I'm going to show you a picture of my recurring events. And I'm going to show you a picture of my calendar. I like to write it all down and I don't have anything on my to-do list because if something pops up in my to-do list and I'm out and I'm away from the list, I might write it in my phone or send myself a message to remind myself to do it. But as soon as I get home, it goes on the calendar. It goes at a specific block of time because when you're in math class, you're not thinking about English. So when I'm playing with the kids, I'm actually playing with the kids and I'm not thinking about laundry. I might have laundry on the mind, but I'm going to watch my brain go to laundry and then I'm able to pacify my brain and say, it's okay, brain. We're not in that block right now. Because when you're in math class, you're not thinking about what you did in English class or your English homework. You're focused on math. You do the math assignment and then you have math homework. Your brain doesn't start to spaz that it has so much homework to do. Oh my gosh, it's overwhelmed. 
because the brain knows that the block of time to do homework is between four and five. That's how we were trained as children. And so you create the same type of block system as an adult. And you get to choose your life by design. So when you're hanging out with the kids, you're hanging out with the kids. When you're doing the laundry, you're doing the laundry. And that's not to say you can't talk to the children while you're doing the laundry or have them help you. And when you're watching TV, you're watching TV without guilt. When you're going for that run, you're almost running against the clock because you know you have to be back by a certain time to have time with your clients or time with yourself or time to go to your job. So I schedule in my blocks of time, you'll see I schedule all my clients. I schedule my workouts. I schedule anytime I'm doing carpool and it's in a block of time. It's not in my head. It's all out there. And I schedule sleep. It's very important to schedule sleep. And then when you go to sleep, I want your phones and I want your watches that bing and ding. I want them in the other room or in airplane mode. No, I want them in the other room in airplane mode because there's such a thing as Facebook fatigue. You can get digital dementia. You can get digital distraction where everything is pinging and dinging and you're like a dog that's like following the whistle, following the whistle, and you're just chasing your tail. And that's why you're feeling overwhelmed, not because of what life is throwing at you. It's because of how you're managing what life is throwing at you. You don't have to answer all the bings and dings. When you have an email, that is other people's agendas. I learned that from Brendan Bouchard and it was like a lightning bolt hit me. You don't have to be You schedule time in your blocks of time to answer emails or answer texts or answer Voxer or whatever is a time where you're not just ping, ding, ding and dabbling in all the things. You have blocks of time set up. And when people always say, well, what if something comes up? Very rarely something comes up because you're so scheduled with time. Just like if I had an appointment with my dermatologist and there's a $50 copay if I don't show up and then David asks me to go pick up something up at the store. I can't pick that thing up at the store because there's a penalty if I miss the dermatologist appointment. But there is a time I can tell him, oh, I can get that at the store because I'm getting groceries delivered on Wednesday. Every Wednesday is a recurring event I have in my list. Send David and Lily an email asking if they need anything from the grocery store because they eat and like different foods than I do. David drinks orange juice. I don't drink orange juice. I can't keep track when the orange juice is gone. That's not something I need to control. So I hand him the power and I say, You need anything? And then he adds anything to the list that is needed from the grocery store in his world. I get all the basics. I get all the staples. And then I ask the kids, I'll hand them the phone and say, what do you want to add? Here's the app. So when you create systems and then you have systems for your systems, and then you have all these routines built in, you're almost like it feels very robotic, but it feels so free to free up your brain so you can think about the things you want to think about and not be thinking about calling the groomer. And if we're out of orange juice, that is a waste of mental space. And so a lot of my ideas come when I plan in think time for podcast, I will plan in, it will just say think. And if someone's on my calendar, they'd be like, what? You're planning in time to think. And during that time, I might sit on the patio. Everything goes in airplane mode. I shut off the Wi-Fi in the house and I just think. I let ideas float in and I let them float out. I get a lot of ideas during my runs, during my downtime, during my meditation, and I just let it float in, and then I let it float out, and then I let it float in and float out. So when you control your time, your time won't control you, and you'll feel much more in control of your time, and you don't have a to-do list. There is nothing on your to-do list. 
what you do is you watch the clock and you say, okay, it's 11 o'clock. Now at 11 o'clock, it's time to record the podcast. And then your brain's going to have the little tizzy. And then you tell your brain, I know it's hard to put yourself out there. It's okay because at 1230, we have a power nap. And so the brain is gets very excited to do the thing. And then you build that relationship within yourself to create that trust because doing the podcast or doing the workout is more important than the actual workout. Keeping the promise to yourself is how you create confidence. So parents tell me all the time, I want my kids to be happy. I want them to be confident. I want them to be kind. The best way to have that is to be happy and confident and kind in your own world. And then your kids will absorb that from you. And you'll have integrity with yourself. You'll create the time to have the ULA life because you're making deposits in all seven Fs every single stinking honking day. And then on Friday, it's Friday hour done. So it's Monday hour one, Friday hour done. So then on Friday, you kind of take a download of all the things you did. And this is when you pat yourself on the back and you give yourself so much kudos so much praise, so much confidence, so much like, oh my gosh, look what all you did. You just won the week. Every day you want to win the day, but winning the day comes with rest and relaxation because I don't want us to model to the kids. You need to go, 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 do, 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 and never give a chance to be, be, be just to hang out and relax and be, hang out with them. There's 940 Saturdays. How much time are we building in the schedule to spend time with them? If that's their love language, you got to make double doses of time for them. So then Friday hour done, you look back at the week like, whoa, that was amazing. And then you want to write two chapters of your book during the hour block that you gave yourself. And guess what? You only got through one chapter. So then the next chapter goes to the following week. You don't beat yourself up. You just say, oh, okay, I'm going to make, now I know that this is going to take me an hour and a half next time to do two chapters. I did at least one chapter during this hour. So then next time I'm going to schedule two hours to get two chapters done. So you break it down into steps and then you allot the amount of time that you're going to allot it for. And people say, well, how long do I know how to give it? You give it as much time as you're going to give it because the bell is going to go off. Finished or not, the bell is going off. And then guess what happens? The next day you're going to be back in math class and you'll do the makeup work. Then you'll do the classroom assignment. It makes you so much more efficient when you're setting the timer and you know you only have that amount of time to do the thing. Because if you give yourself three hours to write one chapter, It's going to take you three hours to write one chapter. But if you give yourself 45 minutes to an hour to write one chapter, it's going to take 45 minutes to an hour to write one chapter because your brain will know that it's working against the clock. When I took a a test by um, Brooke, an exam, our yearly exam, we had four hours to answer eight questions. I'm like, this is going to be easy. Well, each question was 2,500 characters. And by the end of the four hours, I finished writing eight questions at 2,500 That was almost 20,000 characters I wrote in four hours. And how did I finish with four minutes left to go? Because my brain knew that I had a deadline. And so it worked against the clock. But if I would have given myself all day or all week, it would have taken me all day, all week, because there was no sense of urgency. And when you have yourself a sense of urgency and you finish the task, it creates momentum to go into the next thing. So just open your mind write down all the things, then schedule it in your schedule, and then know that you will have resistance. And you're going to expect that resistance. Because I have a lot of clients that resist relaxation because when their brain goes to sit down and relax and watch the show or sit by the pool, the brain starts to think of all the things that it's going to do. And it's just a waste of time. That is what you lean into. You expect the resistance. There's some of my clients that need to up their 
efficiency in what they're doing. And then there's other clients who need to lower that and not be so hustled and frenetic and build in more relaxation time, build in more me time, build in more family time, build in more spouse time. So whatever is hard for you, you will have resistance. And that is the currency to your dreams. Because once you get by that resistance, it becomes easier and easier and easier. But I will promise you it never goes away. Just expect it, lean into it, talk to the brain like it's a toddler, like it's a little kid, and you keep going. So I hope this helped. I'll talk to you next week. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Hey, mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt resonating moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.